You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Everybody right now just take a real deep breath and use 100% of your lung capacity. And just let it out real slow. Now, don't make any changes how you're sitting. Don't make any changes how you're, you keep your head, body exactly like you are. If your teeth are tight together, you're not relaxed. Just relax your jaw. <laughs> and some of you just relax your phone. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Father. Everything we need to do, we're just really, even when we think we're not relaxed, I mean, even when we think we're relaxed, we're not. Uh, I really, to be real honest, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> check my check mine. Uh, I really thought we, and I don't mean to use the word. I really thought I, I knew that there'd be a lot of people interested at first. I thought by this time we might have lost maybe down to eight people, <laughs> uh, and th- this is one of the smallest groups we've had. But as the weeks go on, we're going to start getting into some things that you're going to go. Oh, that's different. Just some relaxing techniques. Is that in the Bible? No, no, it's not. Rest is in the Bible. We're going to go through a whole pat, one, one whole section just on laying your head on a pillow and going to sleep. There are so many scriptures about you laying your head on a pillow and going to sleep. But there's something about relaxing. You, you, we just need to understand that we need to relax. Uh, God speaks to us when we're at peace. And we are people of stress. We just are. We are people of stress. And for us to really get into the realm of the imagination and really touch our hearts, we need to learn how to relax. And at that point in time, ask the Holy Spirit to come in See, we may be sitting here and talking about God's peace, but some of you are still thinking about the traffic you went through getting here, how hot it is outside, how hot it is inside. All these things will choke out the cares and the concerns, choke out the very hearing of the Word. The more at peace you can be on the inside, the more receptive you're going to be to the Word. And uh, there's some, like I shared with you before, there's some exercises that, there's some things you can do with your imagination that when you get in a state of peace, which is usually that first, from the first minute to the first five minutes in the morning, even before you get out of bed, you're awake, but you're just like in, there's actually a, a, a there's an in between, okay, that is called, do that, say that out loud so everybody can hear you. There's, a, there's an in between sleep and awake. It's actually called in the, Alpha zone. 
It's called the alpha zone. It is where you really do most of your dreaming. When you dream, it's usually not in a hard, dead sleep. It's when you're in that alpha zone. And there's a lot of things that can, uh, can take place when you're in the alpha zone. A lot of things you can, you can tell. Your, that's why this music that's playing right now, I don't know how many people are listening to it, but if, if you just go to sleep, just put it in, go, just, just let it just put you to sleep. Just put you to sleep. There was a, I've gone through a, an exercise several times, many times, 30-day exercise where you did this every day. And then you changed to this, and then you did to this. And it all happened as soon as I got up in the morning, not drinking coffee, go get my lazy boy, put my headphones on, listen, go follow, follow the instructions, and you think you've fallen back to sleep. You know, but when it's over, you, you, your eyes open up, you go, oh. And it, all it is is about seeing yourself as God sees you. Scripture. And I tell you, it's the most incredible thing. It, it, it will really just help you. See, in heart physics, what you begin to understand is what you do naturally without effort is what's really in your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. So a man thinks in his mind, so is he. So how you really think about yourself and the way you really feel about life and what you really believe is what comes out naturally. Now, a lot of times what's happened, we've learned to discipline ourselves and keep that from coming out, and we just cover it up. Anybody cover up emotions you know aren't supposed to come out? You've stopped doing something for so long, but the desire to do it is still there. Am I, should I put my hands down? Am I the only one with my hands up? Oh, thank you in the back. I got. Hey, do I get two? I get one. Do I get two? Two, two, two. Just me, huh? I, I thought I was talking more than just me, but you know. I try not to sometimes. And and say. And, and really, you know, that is, have you ever said something and went, oh, dang it, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You really meant to, that, that's what was really inside. Oh, Dylan's repenting already. You should, you should hear him praying up here. He's already in tongues and the Holy Ghost. And it. <laughs> but that's really what's inside of you, you know. And there, there, there's a real simple analogy to this. I mean, a, a little example to let you know. Uh, does anybody know how gold is made? You know, they, they, uh, in a, a purified, I should say, not made. I mean, it's made in earth. God did it. <laughs> but you know how it's purified? It's, made, it's purified in a furnace. And every fuel, fi uh, fuel for fire burns at a different rate and creates a different degree of heat, all with a combination of oxygen and things like that. But wood can only, wood can only get so hot. Other types of fuels can get hotter. And in the process of purifying and refining gold, uh, they'll use a certain type of fuel with the right combination of oxygen and they'll melt the, the, the minerals and, and uh, it'll become molten. And at that time, with that level of heat, scum will come to the top. That's, that's just a high technical term right there is what they call it. You know, that's, that's deep. And they've got these, uh, I'm just, just calling them rakes, they go in and they scrape the scum off the top of the material that's still molten. And, and then they put, use a different fuel and raise the temperature 
and it's a process of, of like seven times this temperature is being raised and scum is coming to the top and, and the, the scum that comes out on the, like the third time would never have come out on the first time because it takes more heat you know it, it, it's, it's a different type of something else is being removed to a process of heat well you know what the last the last stage keeping gold from being pure gold you know what comes out of the gold silver nothing wrong with silver it's keeping the gold from being perfect pure though and it's still called scum you know sometimes oh well, that gave me <laughs> but but <coughs> yeah just a guess no 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 <laughs> the employees just go get it you know petty cash fund you know Well, pure gold, pure gold is almost translucent, but it's too flexible and bendable when it's cool. You can't, that's why they put, there's no pure, there's really no pure gold out there. It all has a little bit of nickel in it. Pure gold still buttery. Yeah, it, it's real soft. And uh, uh, even our gold coins are 99.9% .9 gold, just so they can be handled and used and stuff like that. So, but... Uh, <laughs> and you're real happy when you got a whole bunch. <laughs> you really think you got a whole bunch. <laughs> but, and I share that just to let you know that in this process of heart, that we talk about our heart and God healing our heart, there may be some things in there. Have you ever noticed when things get just right, the heat gets up, and you start losing your temper? All about that same time every time. When the same thing arises, how about tax season? Can we pick on that one? That may be one of the times when taxes are due. You get off them, there's something in you that rises up, and you just, and you're okay until tax season in that level. And you just, with your good Christian discipline, you force it down, and okay, I'm going to be a man of God, and I'm going to overcome this. But you know, God doesn't even want it to be there. You know, that's what we're getting down to, is just really letting the Holy Spirit deal with the things in our heart that cause us to have that respond or how we, why we react the way we react. Really, we are supposed to be responding, not reacting. If you're reacting, you're being controlled by what's causing you to react. You're not in control. Anger management. Well, but, but see, here again, just like with the word anger, I mean, that was so, I'm glad you said, anger, we're supposed to be angry. There's nothing wrong being angry. It says be angry and sin not. We're supposed to be angry at unrighteousness. There, there are things we're supposed to be passionate about, but just not sin. You know, we're not supposed to, I mean, we won't get into that, it's off the thing, but, but uh, I just want to encourage you that as you go through this process and, and as we start learning things, let the Holy Spirit deal with things. If you can do yourself a favor, it makes all this better, is for you to journal. For you to take out a piece of paper, put a little notepad in your pocket, and, and what you're doing, you're saying, well, I just that's silly, I can't journal. How many people have ever journaled? Okay, well, wow, okay. What it does, it keeps you, every time you touch that little pad of paper or whatever it is you're journaling in, it reminds you that you're supposed to be looking for something or sensitive to something. Other than that, you'll just forget about it. It's like tying a little thing on your finger and a reminder knot 
So, oh, I'm supposed to be conscious of how I'm responding to people. I need to write that down. I just remembered. It took me five minutes to remember that this time. Too late. Write it down. You know, put it back in your pocket. Pretty soon it'll be four minutes. Oh, pretty soon, be, pretty soon you'll start remembering it when you need to. But journaling will help you. It's a way of you honoring what you've chosen to do. We should all be about, you know, you know, if we don't, I don't want to preach the message on honoring again, but if we don't honor what we're hearing, it won't affect us. It won't affect you. You know, just like the thing about, you ever try something and not work, and you try it harder and not work? And so you determine you're going to try it harder next time? Guess what? It's not going to work. We think because we try something harder, it's going to make it work. No, it's just going to make it harder for you to do it. So if what you've been trying harder to do didn't work, let's stop what you've been trying to do. Let's do something different. If you want something you never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done because what you've got, you've got from what you've done. You've done, you've done what you've done because of what you've known. We're trying to give you some information that will help in inspire you to not go after change, but go after transformation. That's something on the inside. When your heart begins to get, uh, get well with God and well with yourself, what happens, in that, the changes happen naturally. You're not going to have to try to be a good Christian because you know you are one. There is so much about the power of being or the power of accepting. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about surrender tonight. See, in, in our mentality, surrender, how many people in the military? Okay? Yeah? Surrender is not a good thing. Surrender means you're worthless and no good and worth, I mean, that you've been defeated. If you're defeated, you're not worth anything. So in our culture, in our mindset, surrendering is a very hard thing to do. We have to come to a place and jump off the cliff and commit Harry carry because we're just not worth anything. We've surrendered. That's our mindset. But when you surrender to God, you're not surrendering to a negative. You're surrendering to a positive. When you surrender to God in your heart, say, God, take my heart, take everything here. I surrender. You're not saying, okay, I give up. You know, uh, and I got, you know, I'm just no good. You're saying, ah, oh, once you see what you're surrendering to, you're saying, please, God, help me surrender. I like that. I like the way you see me. I want the way you see me to be real in here. Uh, the, the scripture that we, we said before, that's our main heart, a heart key scripture for today is Christ in me, the hope of glory. The word glory, we're going to focus on it for a second. The word glory is, is a vast word, but uh, in, a, in, a, in, in one aspect, that word glory literally means God's opinion. It's his view, or let's put it this way, his reality. See, when God shows up in a place, we see it as something strange and unusual called a sign and a wonder. But it's just his glory. It's just his presence. It's his reality. Uh, turn with me to, uh, we've read this before, we'll read it again. Uh, turn with me to the book of Second Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And it says this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to to life and godliness. Everybody say all things. all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him 
who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. What's been given to us? Great and precious promises, that through these great and precious promises you may be takers of His divine nature. See, it's through the promises you get to experience the very nature of God. Show me one person doesn't want one of the promises of God. Well, I don't believe prosperity is for today. You're just eliminating some of the very nature of God. You're saying, God, I don't want that part of you. Woo! Healing. God, I don't want that part of you. The Bible here says the great and precious promises were given to us so we could experience. Everybody say experience. Experience. Now stop right here. First law of physics we talked about was what? Every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Hmm? First law. There's another law that we talked about. We're going to talk about the third one today. These are not in order, by the way. i got to stop and think the way we're at this day. I was talking about Second Peter. Talking about the very nature of God, experiencing Him. Oh, experiencing reality. The, other, the second one that we, just, we talked about was that reality, multiple realities can exist in any one circumstance. Does everybody understand? remember we talked about that? Who wasn't here? So we can talk about it again. Okay. Don't think... See, we think that, see, what you experience in life is your reality, okay? It's your reality, is what you experience your reality. Everybody understand that? That reality is based on your your view, your position, you know, where you're at, your your you know, how you see things. How you see things is determined on your position. So in any one given circumstance, you can have multiple realities. But we think, because we're the center of the universe, that everybody else's reality and experience must line up with what we experience. Well, that's just not the way I saw it. Why is the way someone else saw it different than the way you saw it and they were in the same place that you were at? They looked at the same thing and their reality, what they experienced was different. You can take 10 people and put them in a church service and you're going to have 10 different experiences in that church service. And they all heard the same thing. Why? Because what they heard was, was determined by what they, you know, by their position and where, of what they believe and, and, and what was... See, what you, your position, your view is going to skew the circumstance. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, we have what we uh, 
talking about the you know, God's reality, you know, finding one of the normal things of God's reality. As Christians, are we trying to change our reality so that we're more in line with it? We don't, see, that even fits my nose. Thank you. Um, a lot of times what we've been taught is that you keep begging God until you get it. But we've already got it. But we already got it. Say. See, we've, we've been taught, according to the scripture, it says, ask and keep on. And they use that scripture as something you're supposed to be just, just at God's feet. But listen, it just tells us everything that pertains to life in God and this has already been given. Past tense. So, so what's that scripture mean, ask and keep on asking? See, my God has already gets Ask and keep on asking means this. I've got it. Keep on asking and keep on getting it. Keep asking again, get it again. Ask again and keep on getting again. Keep on getting more. Ask and keep on asking and keep on getting. It doesn't mean lay before God, beat your chest, pull out your ear hair. Oh, God! It's not about you begging God. He, he wants us to live in His reality. See, it's not about us begging God and jumping through loops trying to, okay, did I do enough to get it? No, you've already got it. It's when our reality becomes infused. When we see, there's two things that take place. We'll use the thing on healing. There is healing, everybody understand healing, and there's health. Okay? Healing is for wh whom? Sick people. That's deep. Okay? So, so when our, re watch this, when our reality comes in line with God's reality. When we begin to see us and see our life and with the promises He's already done, when we come in agreement with God, we experience His reality. See, a sign and a wonder is when someone's looking out and seeing, oh, God's reality has invaded our reality. And that's strange. That's a sign and a wonder. That's different. It's not normal to our concepts. It's not a normal... It's not normal. When you see a glory cloud, you know, in a, in a church building out there, that's not normal. And see, what you're actually viewing is the reality of God. Every time there's a miracle taking place in the Word, you're literally looking at God's reality in that person at that time. Oh, that's heavy. Did I say that? That's good. That's good. Can I, can I quote me on that? <laughs> it says, the, your priority will determine your reality. What you desire to experience. You see, a lot of people are trying to experience God's promises, but they're not coming in line with God's word. So it's, it's not God's reality invading ours. We're a sign and a wonder is, but then there's a kingdom that we can live in. There's two things here. I said, two things working here. A sign is a wonder when God's reality invades us and God goes, hey, here I am. They're just like, oops. Okay, God. See, God was trying to get the children of Israel's attention when he parted the Red Sea, when manna came from heaven. They, God was saying, here I am. I, you know, when, when God's trying to get, you know, a sign and a wonder is to get our attention, to, to touch our heart. But there's a way of living. It's called discipleship. It's, it's when our heart gets infused with the promises of God and His reality. When His reality becomes in our heart, we're not going to need healing because we're going to have health. I, I keep wanting to go back to this 
How many people know stress causes cancer? Mm -hmm. How many people know unforgiveness causes diseases? Yep. See, if we can learn to walk stress-free and in a state of forgiveness, how much healthier are we going to be? See what I'm saying? I mean, see, signs and wonders get our attention. The scripture says for us to go out and to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And, and the scripture also says that and these things will follow them whom believe. Do we believe this? Once we really, once, once our heart gets in line with God's reality, watch what happens in your life. Peter's shadow healed people. His shadow. Did this happen before he went through his transformation or after? After he had heart surgery or before? I'm, I believe with all my heart. Once, once our heart gets gets right, and once our heart gets in line with the reality of God, you will do more by accident for the kingdom than you ever thought about doing on purpose outside the kingdom. Trying to be a good Christian. Remember, if you're telling yourself, here, here, here's the focus on this one. If you tell yourself. I must become a good Christian. You're telling yourself you're not one. For every action, every all the energy you put forward trying to do something, there's energy solidifying that you're not that. And it creates a cycle and a system that just never ends. And you're fighting the same problems for 25, 30, 45, 50 years. And pretty soon you just give up and just say, oh, it's just the way I am. And no, it's not. It's the way the world has made you and you've accepted it. You know, things can, you can accept things or not accept things. It's up to you. 
you let in your heart, the Bible says for you to guard your heart. So let the peace of God rule your heart. The control and the, the healthiness of our heart is dependent upon us. God has given to us. Read the, well, on one of these sessions, we'll go through the, the book of Proverbs and look at all the things talking about the heart. A merry heart doth good like a... So the happier you, happier you are... Now that, 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 that's either just a nice little scripture we quote, or it's true. A happy heart. A happy head. Someone, some, a lot of, I can remember a lot of jokes. No. A heart that is at peace with God. A heart that knows that I'm pleased before the foundations of the world. Listen, the book of Ephesians is so huge, and hopefully we'll get time to talk about that tonight. But the book of Ephesians is so powerful. The last chapter in the book of Ephesians in the last half tells you how to do warfare, stand against principalities and powers, and, and do all this kind of stuff. And yes, we're supposed to do that. It also, before that, tells you how to be a good husband, good wife, a good employer, a good slave. Yes, we're supposed to do that. But all that comes after chapter 1, 2, and 3, where he's told us to be seated in Christ. To have our identity based in Him. Our value and our dignity is based on God and what God has said about us. Once we know we're that, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are more than a conqueror. I have, the scripture says that I am complete in Christ. Here's what the scripture says. Help me with some other scriptures. I'm complete in Christ. You can do more, uh, uh, you're more than a conqueror. Um, all things that pertain to life and godliness are uh, are yours, are already been given. The promises of God are yes and amen. Uh, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And you can go on and on and on and on and on. But is that reality? But see, that's how God sees us. That's the life He's prepared for us. But we haven't taken our heart, and as we drew that one day, we haven't taken the Word of God and circumcised our heart and gotten the flesh off and let God come in and take, re replace it with His reality. You can experience all the heaven on earth. The scripture says this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. The same reality that's in heaven is God's desire to have on earth. He, he started that with Adam and Eve. All God did in Adam and Eve's time was take what was in the unseen realm and make it visible in the seen realm. And said, here, don't mess it up. <laughs> Oops, and then we did. So one of, the one of the laws of physics we talked about was there's multiple realities in any one circumstance. Just like in this scenario here, this person, if you talk to this person, he goes, oh no, I'm losing my car. You talk to this person, he says, oh no, I'm going to die. Okay? This one's going to experience a loss of car. This one's going to experience a loss of life. What you experience depends on your view. Your view depends on your position. In the book of Ephesians, says you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Does everybody understand what that means? No. You, you, let's talk about it for a second. I didn't mean to get into this, but the book of Ephesians, first chapters one, two, and three. The, there, there, there's the book. Let me slow down. The book of Ephesians is broken up in three basic parts. Chapters one, two, and three. Chapters four, five. And part of six, and then the last part of six. Those are your three break, breakdowns. 
Chapters 1, 2, and 3 talk about sitting in Christ. The key words that you see throughout chapters 1, 2, and 3 is seated in Christ. Seated in Christ. Seated in Christ. The second breakdown, the second categories of scriptures, is talking about walking. Talking about your walk, how you walk out Christ, how you walk in Christ, how you do this in Christ, how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife. The last part of the book talks about standing in Christ. When you've done all you can do, stand. Sit, walk, stand. We're taught to stand first and then walk. But God wants us to learn how to be seated and totally trusted in Him. Get our identity in Him. The, time and time and time again, book of Ephesians, read it, says you are seated in Christ. How? Where are you, where's Christ seated? In heavenly places. You're in Christ in heavenly places. How far above principalities? Far above principalities and powers. You know how most people live their life? They're so under principalities and powers, they can't get up. Same scenario. I've got a vision, and I know I'm supposed to get out that door. Okay? Those are the doors I want to get out of. Now, from up here, I can say, okay, I really don't need to mess with, okay, don't get me wrong, but you're a circumstance. You're a circumstance. All you people out here are circumstances. Okay? I can tell from this perspective and where I'm at, from my perspective, I can see how to finish the race that's set before me. Matter of fact, I'm going to go this way and go around there and down and out over there because there's less resistance to circumstances going here because I can see it with my perspective. Hope I can get back up. <laughs> now, I'm down here on the ground. No, no, no one's got to dress. Okay. I'm down here and I know I'm supposed to go there, but I can't see it. Dang it, life is rough. It's ugly down here too. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, and all I know, I don't see these aisles over here. I don't see the pathways. All I know is I full steam ahead, and I'm I'm I gotta move this table. I gotta move Dylan's knee. That's too hard. I'll try to slip through here and crawl under there. That's gonna be a hard. Why is this reality? Why is this person going through a harder time in life? than the person that's standing up here. Position, his perspective, his view. He knows, he knows most Christians are down here trying to do that, and they can't see nothing because they're dealing with the cares and the concerns of the world. That's what this is. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're on the front row. No. You know, it's just a simple little analogy of the same person, but seeing himself as God sees him, seated in heavenly places far above, far above principalities and powers. Oh, I can, all right, no biggie. I'll just go over here. You know, if I know I'm supposed to touch somebody on the way, like Ethel, I'll go out there and go around and touch Ethel, bless her, and keep on going to my call. It doesn't matter if I'm going this way for a while. I can still see that. 
because of my perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm living my life according to the way God... Where, is God down here looking at all... Or is God, if I'm seated in heavenly places far above principalities and powers, I've got a clear view. I'm at peace. <laughs> I know it's already there. I know the victory's already done. I can't even see the doors down here. Oh, God. Oh, God. I hope there's doors when I get there. I hope there's a mansion for me somewhere. You can't see them. You lose track. You lose sight of the goal. You get so tired, you give up the race before you get there. Does everybody see what I'm saying? Your, your reality is subject to your position. The book of Ephesians said we are seated in Christ. Should I read it to you? Okay. Glad you said that. Glad you asked. Book of Ephesians. We'll have to do a Bible study on the book of Ephesians. Wait till we get Galatians. That are really... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. This just sounds like 2 Peter chapter 1, doesn't it? Now it's mentioned twice here already. Everything that pertains to life and godliness in 2 Peter chapter 1. Chapter 1 of the book of Ephesians says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven and place. Oh, God, just bless me. I don't let people say, well, God bless you. God bless you. I say he already has. That's my normal, everyday response. When someone says, God bless you, they already has. What I do that? Not for them, I do it for me. It's my confession. He already has blessed me. I'm walking in this blessing. I'm living, I, my goal is to live in more of the reality of God on this planet than ever before. Here it goes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places just as he chose us in him before. Oh gosh, this will make me preach. The foundation of the world. He chose us before the world was even created. Come on. Either the word is the word or just a fairy tale. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Boy, listen to all that judgment, wrath, and anger right there. Man, that just scares me. <laughs> Having predestined us, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. What did we pray before we started this class? We thanked him that we were the good pleasure of his will. We bring him good pleasure. Most of us scared to walk outside because of light. That's why, ah, that's why you live in Oklahoma. Summertime, there's no thunderstorms. There's no uh, rain. There's no lightning. Uh-huh. It gets a little warm, though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Maybe this is the hell part, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, Wichita Falls, they call it the hotter-than-hell 100 bicycle race. <laughs> Why? That's what I want to ask. No. Okay. <laughs> watching people sweat is not really... Watching people sweat really is not what I want to do, unless I'm in a hotel room. Anyway, having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, 
to the praise of the glory of his grace. Oh, I like that word grace. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. He has made you the accepted. You're totally pleasing, fully accepted. Everybody say accepted. You don't have to do a thing to make God accept you. He already has. If you're, how many of us are still trying to get people to accept us? And what kind of bondage is that? You're in bondage. If you know a person's already accepted you, now you can have a real relationship with that person and you're not trying to make one. So if you know that God's already accepted you, that you know, if you know in your heart you're already accepted, that means you know that you're, you have a relationship. You don't have to get one. You got one. You can't get any closer. How many people here, now be careful when you raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many people, I've asked this all over. Every time I go, I, I, I've taught all over. I've been to New Zealand, all kinds of places. I ask this question. I get everybody all the time. How many people here pray to get closer to God? Don't raise your hand. I know. I'm just reminding you. If you can pray to get closer to God, Jesus died in vain. You don't pray to get closer. You pray because you are close. Now, I understand the verbiage. You don't pray to get closer to God in the realm of the Spirit. You pray, see, when you pray, you're activating your soul, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your will, and it's becoming in line with what God's already do. So you sense and feel closer to God because you've activated your side of the relationship in the realm of the soulish realm. You're moving. Just like what it says, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, God does not get closer to you. You're getting closer to God. When you pray, God does not move close to you because you're praying. Oh, he's praying. I'm going to come down and listen to him. No, he's as close as he's ever going to get. What you're doing is bringing your heart in line with what he's already done. Most of us are praying to God to ask God to give us something he's already given. We've read two scriptures here that say that everything, everybody says everything. everything. You know what that means in the Greek? <laughs> it means everything. This one here says, that every spiritual blessing, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Where are these blessings? In Christ. In Christ. We're spirit, soul, and body. Do we need to mark it on the board again? Spirit, soul, and body. We're spirit, soul, and body. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. This is your spirit, your soul, and your body. This is, where, this is the realm of your heart. This is your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your will. This is your touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing. We're not going to go through all that again. This is where Christ lives. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. All things have passed away. All things have become new. I see old things have passed away. All things have become new. Where? In your thoughts? Oh, no. We wish. Not in your heart. And your spirit, man, your nature. How many people here are sinners saved by grace? Don't raise your hand. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You got saved. Your nature was changed. You're a king's kid. You're more than a conqueror. You're accepted in the beloved. You're honorable. You're royalty. You're part of the priesthood. You're part of the... I mean, you're God's kids. 
Your, your daddy is God. Get your identity from your daddy. Know who's... You're a chip off the old block. Don't look at this world. Look at this one. Look at this. This is so powerful. Every spiritual blessing in heaven and places, where? In Christ. Are they already in you? Yes, they're in Christ. They're in your spirit. That's part of you. You already have everything that God wants you to have. You already know you're not feeding your spirit. I know we've heard that over years just because we didn't know what we were talking about. You're not feeding your spirit. Your, mind has the, your spirit mind has the mind of Christ. Everything that Christ have, you have because it's no longer I that liveth, but God is not necessarily just up there in, 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 in heavenly, in heaven, waiting for you to come up. The scripture says we have this treasure in earthen vessel that this body is the temple of Where does God dwell? The Bible says that the heart, the seed planted in the heart will bring forth fruit. It says this, I pray that you prosper and be in health, but according to your soul, but even as your soul prospers. Prosperity has to first happen here to prosper here to prosper here. See, if it prospers out here, you're just being like the children of Israel. You're just seeing the work of God. You're not feeling the work of God. They saw, the, they saw God's hand move for hundreds and hundreds of years, and the Bible said they did not know. God said they did not know my way. And they saw his way, but they didn't know his way. Oh, I want to know his way, because his way is the kingdom. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Our passion should be about seeking the kingdom of heaven in all of its realities. In all these things, well, you get this, I mean, you get, take the truth of this, get it planted in your, see, but a hard heart, the Bible says the seed planted in a hard heart won't take root. Book of Matthew, parable of soil, the soils. This has to be soft, it has to be receptive. It has to have enough flesh cut off it for the seed to get in, and that's what heart physics is all about. This is power. This one concept has changed my life. It literally has changed everything I've known about the Bible. Everything. When I started to see, see, for so long I was so concerned about this out here. And I failed miserably. Failed miserably. When I got a hold of this, I quit worrying about failing. And started experiencing victory. Yes.
But see, that, that, that flows just what we're talking about here. Are you going to deal with the everyday problems of this world? See, from up this perspective here, I can tell what I need to deal with. You know how many things we deal with that we really shouldn't be dealing with? We're putting our money to a lot of things we shouldn't even put our money to. Or just find, just move the guy out the way. <laughs> you know? We waste kingdom time. We kingdom money. Passion, kingdom passion. I challenge you to look, 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 do a word study on the heart. Read all the scriptures in the Bible about the heart. Oh my goodness. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 4, 23. Someone turn there real quickly. 20, 21, 22, and 23. Oh, it says, hide my word in your heart. Where are we supposed to hide the word? We memorize it. And all that is, isn't it? Is intellect. We don't accomplish, we don't live in the promises by memorizing scripture. We live in the promises by having it in our heart. One scripture will change your life. Christ in me. Christ in me. Christ where? In me. Is the hope of God's reality. Glory is God's reality. Let's say it that way. Christ in me is the hope of God's reality manifesting in this place at this time. God's hoping... He has a confident expectation that by putting Christ in us, that his reality will be experienced on this planet in my lifetime. <laughs> I'm sorry. That gets, oh, oh, I, wait, wait, no, just wait, 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 wait. We got to milk that one. Did that not get, did, that, did, I, did I just get, am I the only one that got excited over that? Christ in me is the hope Colossians 127. If you don't know where it's at, look it up, I underline it. Christ in me, the hope of glory, is simply this. God put Christ in me. And that this truth, this truth, this reality is the hope. It's the expect God's expectation of his glory being made manifest here. That's why he told us to go out and we're still praying for God to heal people. He told us to go do it. So this verse, I think, had to be very resident in Peter. Oh. And he walked it out. Did someone say something quick? For I, I mean, I'm still. Christ in me is the rea is God's hope for this planet. Christ in His church. Christ in you. God put all of his confident expectation in his church. He said, here's my church, the ones that bring me good pleasure. I'm putting my son and everything that pertains to life and godliness in him and in them and fill them with all the power of the power over death to go out and do my will and present my kingdom to the world. Mm. And here we are worried about potholes and <laughs> complain about piles of dirt that weren't there last week oh I shouldn't have said that <laughs> yes I'm sorry so I got lost on that line. that threw me that was a good scripture right there someone read Proverbs 4 20 yeah 
My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to now, my wait, words. Now, now, what's that mean? Pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Pay attention. Pay attention. It's, just, it's just not a good verse to read. Pay attention to this, people. Go ahead, read it. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Where? In your heart. 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 For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Wait, 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 wait. Either it's a fairy tale or God's word is true. He's not saying, I'm going to heal your body. He said, health is up to you. Keep my words, which brings healing in your heart, and you'll have health. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm getting excited. Above all else, guard your heart. What? is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart because your heart is the whole reason you have what you have. Everything in your life is because of your heart. You may not have chosen the circumstance, but how you responded in the circumstance was because of your heart. You may not have chosen something that happened to you, but how you responded was caused your heart. Most of the things that happened to you is because of your heart. There are a few things that will happen to you in your lifetime that you didn't plan on. It just happened. But how you respond, or, or maybe even the decision to put you in the place that you shouldn't have been. You see what I'm saying? Our heart has determined your life. What you wear, who you married car you drive, whether you take care of your car, the type of work you do, whether you do a bad job at work or a good job at work, whether you use a lot of painter's caulk, <laughs> I use lots of painter's caulk. That fits with another law of physics. There's another law of physics that says this, matter left to itself will tend to decay will fall apart matter left to itself will tend to decay so in other words if you take a leaf and cut it off of the tree and just set it there it will decay it's left by itself it's cut off from its source and the life that's given to it if you take a nail and set it in the ground and just leave it there, a hundred years from now, it, won't, it will decay. It will go away. Everything, matter, physics says, everything that's matter left to itself will tend to decay. Except <laughs> No, it just takes longer. Uh, Heart physics, the same thing is true. Most of us have let the world, we've left, we've left our heart alone. We have not put into our heart, we have not guarded our heart. We didn't even know we were supposed to do anything with our heart. We've been trying to fix our head. You fix your, he you fix your heart, your head will work right. We have left our heart alone, and if you leave yourself alone, you will decay. You leave your body alone and don't take care of it, you will decay faster than someone that's taking care of their body. You just go, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. 
you will get K sera sera. But if you purpose in your heart the Word of God, you will get the Word of God. Glad you brought that up. You will get what you honor. If you don't honor anything, you're not going to get nothing. You're just get the general laws of physics happen naturally. You'll just get ornery and decay. I don't want to grow into an ornery old fool. Anybody know those? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to become an ornery old fool. I really don't. I want my last years to be greater. I believe with all my heart I will do more my last year life on this planet than all my years put together. I really do. I'm planning on it. I'm 53 years old and I've just begun to fight. Well, I'll start fighting earlier, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it just sounded good to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? We need, you start taking care, I, I started taking care of myself. I was 300 pounds. 300 pounds. I was not taking care of myself. You weighed 300 pounds. I was eating two bowls of cereal every night before I went to bed. That was good. Yeah, they weren't tiny. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't tiny, yeah. Those bowls got bigger. Well, it's still two bowls, honey. <laughs> we shopped at Sam's. <laughs> Joy bought things in bulk. I kept thinking it was for the kids. But in boxes of Cheerios, they go down fast. I tell you, where did they go? They are good. <laughs> they are good. The honey nut? Mm. See, I got, I've renewed my mind. No. There's not, nothing matter with eating that before you go to bed. Don't, don't tell that to a diabetic. I'm diabetic, and I was chowing down like a horse. I like them oats. I like them sweet oats, I think they call it, don't they? Sweet oats that like horses give them? <laughs> 300 pounds. Still blue, don't I'm only 298 now, so I'm not. <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. All right, so decay, a law of physics. You don't leave your heart to chance. Don't leave your heart to this world. Begin to plan what goes into your heart. Purposely put things there. Purposely take things out. You know how you take things out? Repent. Holy Spirit, show me in my heart what's affected my relationship with you. See, the scripture says, you, you, you want to know how to really help yourself? You really want to know how to build yourself up on the, on the inside? The scripture says when you pray in the spirit, in, the, in tongues, everybody say tongues. Amen. It didn't hurt, did it? When you pray in the Spirit or you pray in tongues, the Scripture says you build up yourself in the most holy faith. Do yourself a favor. Don't pray in public. Don't go walking down to Walmart. I'll go and call it a sandarabakasi today. Don't do that. When you're doing warfare, don't speak to the devil in your prayer language. Just tell him to come out in the name of Jesus. I've been involved in all kinds of stuff. We've cast out devils and demons. We've, I've been involved with churches. We've, the Bible says your prayer language was given to you to talk to God with. It wasn't there for you to cast out demons with. It may make you feel like you're all 
whoa, powerful, some genie or something, I don't know. But it's not doing the devil's no good. They can't understand it. That's your prayer, personal prayer language God gave you for him. When you don't know how to pray, just call it a pasitid, of course. It's your, it's your spirit, man, crying out to God in a language that he, can un, and he and him alone can understand. Well, what's it saying? Don't worry yourself. If you want to know what, it, what you're saying, ask God to interpret it sometime. Watch, someone may come up to you and say, Thus saith the Lord. When we were at Second Street, a lady was talking in tongues up front, and after the service, one of the guys, or poor dentist, or one of the guys in the back, was just visiting, and he went up there and told him what she said because he was Apache and she was yep. speaking in Apache. Yep. And see, there are two types of tongues. Yeah, there are two types of tongues, and, and if it's spoken in a congregational setting, there, the Bible says there needs to be an interpretation for the benefit of the whole. And that, that's not a rare, it's a rare thing in church nowadays. It didn't used to be. It happened all the time in, in, in Pentecostal churches. Still does in Pentecostal churches. Charismatics started getting away from it a little bit. They, they liked it a whole bunch, but the faith movement came, and we started squelching a little bit, you know. And, but it's still part of God. It's still part of God speaking to his people. See, when God speaks uh, through a person in a congregation and there's an interpretation, it's God speaking to us. And that's the word of God coming to confirm what was said for the whole. But when you speak it, you're speaking to God this way. It's for you to speak to God with, to build yourself up. And what's it mean to build yourself up with? In the most holy faith. See, you're honoring. When you, say, when you choose to pray in your prayer language, you're honoring what's in you. And if you're faithful with, you'll be given, just try it for one day. And next week you're going to do it for two days. I went up to Canada and tried to do it for 30 days, not speaking English. Ran across two people, had to speak English twice. Spoiled it. Joy, Joy was thankful, though. I got a message to her. But... Uh, I didn't want to hear English. I didn't want to speak it. I just wanted to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray and fast for 30 days. Because I, I, I was asking questions. I wanted my faith to be strong. I knew I was going to go back into the ministry. And I wanted it to be strong, built up, and firmly fixed, and confident. And Why would you go into battle any other way? Hmm. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't leave your, your heart. The Bible tells you to guard your heart. It tells you to plant in your heart. It tells you to let the peace of God rule your heart. Not the cares and concerns of this world, but the peace of God. Now, we could have class... What time is it? I really, we need a new clock. I, I really, y can y'all see that? Quit looking. It's 8.15? Oh, hush up. Oh, you gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Since we're done, let me look over my notes. I didn't get in my notes. I'm sorry. I did. I had three pages. I had three pages, and I started at the bottom. Just start typing them out for me, and send them to me an email, and we'll print them, and we'll have all the notes. And you need to keep talking. Turn with me the turn with me the book of uh, book of First Peter. Uh, we've shared this before, but I want you to hear this before we do go. 
uh, turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter is full of good scriptures concerning the heart. Um, uh, I'm going to read a couple of them. I'm not going to read all of them. Yes, I am. I'm not lying for it. Huh. It's hard for me to get through 1 Peter. Start with first, uh, chapter 1. Down in verse 9 it says, Receiving the end of your faith. Uh-oh. Everybody know what a life of faith is, right? This is the, what should be at the end of your faith. Was a pink Cadillac? A big bank account? What is the end of your faith? The salvation of your soul. The salvation of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, and will. In other words, you should have as much... You should be the most stable. Your thoughts should all be in line. Your feelings should be in line with your thoughts and the Word. Your emotions should line up with the Word. And your will should line up with the Word. Your soul... See, we don't go soul winning. The, the Bible says this. A man, that, a man that wins a soul is wise. You know, you don't have to be wise to win someone to the Lord. You're, you're making a new crea uh, creature in Christ. You're bringing someone into the family. You're... You're changing a man's nature from being a sinner to a saint. The Bible says a man that wins a soul is wise. It takes wisdom. And this is just not a biblical concept. It takes a wise person to go into someone's life and change the way they think, change the way they feel, change their emotions and to affect their will. To change the way a person feels and thinks and their emotions. It takes a while the Holy Ghost is the great teacher but that can also happen in the secular world you understand okay we'll go on look over here I mean there's so much stuff in here it's incredible uh, oh I, I should even read that one no we'll go ahead uh, look over at verse uh, chapter 3 Ver, uh, in first Peter chapter 3 it says father uh, rather this is verse 4. Verse 3 says, Do not let your adornment be merely the outward ranging of hair, wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the... In other words, you're supposed to take care of the hidden person in your heart. Why do you think the word hidden's there? Because you haven't seen it. The real you has been hiding all these years. And that hidden person is the real you. It's your subconscious. It's what makes you think what you think. There's a real person inside of you. It's in your heart. Take care of yourself inside. Man. Look over in 2 second, second Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. This really motivates me. Terrible scripture, but it really motivates me. <laughs> We've shared this before, but we'll share it again for those that weren't here. Just to hopefully establish some hope to show you what's happening here. Verse 13 says this. Oh, verse 12 says, But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand. We don't know anybody like that, right? 
soon as you don't understand it, you're someone's speaking evil of it. That's of the devil. Because they don't understand it. And will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are, uh, they are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. But you're saying, what's so good about this scripture? Well, let's read the next one. It's even better. Having eyes full of adultery... <laughs> And they cannot cease from sin. That's a rough group of people, isn't it? Why? Why were they this way? Why were they full of adultery? And why could they not cease from sinning? Enticing, unstable in their souls. They had unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetousness practices in our accursed children. What this verse is saying is that these people did what they did because their heart had been trained that way. Here's the good part of the verse. If you can be trained to be that way, you can untrain it to be godly. What does training mean? It's a process of time. Don't think this is going to happen overnight. Turn me to the book of Romans real quickly. Romans chapter 8, I believe. Yes. It says here in verse 29 in Hebrews chapter 8, For whom he foreknew... Everybody say foreknew. foreknew. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Stop right there. We're not going to read the rest of this. You need to understand and hear what this verse is saying. For... Those for them that he foreknew, everybody knows in the book of Ephesians says we we're before the foundations of the world. For those he foreknew, those he predestined, everybody say to be. To be. Now say to be conformed. To be conformed. He did not predestine the image, he predestined the process. He empowered you with the ability to be conformed. We want that instant mashed potato thing. You, you have been made the way you've been made because of what you have gone through. Now it is time for you to activate the power of God and to be conformed. It is a process of transformation. He preordained the process. He said, this is how I'm going to get these people who were dead in trespasses and sin to walk on this planet with Jesus in their heart, in their life, and in their being, touching the rest of the world with the kingdom of heaven. He predestined this process that you're going through. You're just 
where God wants you to be. Quit trying to be somewhere else. I just wish I was more spiritual. Remember, for every action, if you tell yourself you just wish you were more spiritual, you're telling yourself you're not spiritual. Quit it! Tell yourself that you're created in the image of God. No weapon formed against you or prosper. It's no longer I that live, but the Christ that lives in me. I'm as spiritual as I can ever be. Amen. What on earth can you do to make yourself more spiritual? Die on the cross? Well, you'd have to be res resurrected from the grave then. There's lots of people died on the cross. It didn't make them spiritual. You can't do nothing in the flesh. Why don't I got to do more spiritual? Go to church more often? That's not going to make you spiritual. That's going to make you religious. I wish everybody was, I mean, trust me, I want every seat. We got chairs in the back waiting for people's rears to go in on. <laughs> I really want, I mean, I, there's going to be a day, okay? But I don't want a bunch of religious people here. Amen. Yeah, I do, because I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just tear them up. No, I won't tear them up. No, they'll say one service, that's it. But see, but, 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 but see, that's our ministry. That's, that, that's the ministry. That's it. That's what, I, tell you, I tell you, can you imagine what's going to happen when a group of people start walking the streets understanding that they're shadows? Eh, it didn't work yet, okay. Just checking. <laughs> Maybe i got to have sunlight. No. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying? Just knowing that you've got that kind of power in you. There's a statement we used to say all the time. I, I used to quote this and quote this. I'm totally loved, fully pleasing, and accepted in Christ with all the power of the resurrection available to me. I said it over and over. I've taught it for I don't know how many years. I'm totally loved, fully pleasing, and complete in Christ with all the power of the resurrection available to me right now. I don't have to get good to get God. I already am good. It's His reality working in me. Oh, I could go on and on and on for hours. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but we got. We'll pick up the notes where we didn't get started tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Just warning you, we may go long. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand up. Everybody, give Sydney a hug. We're not going to see her much. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to open your word, open our hearts, and allow your word to come in. Mm. Holy Spirit, use the word to cut away the flesh. Use the word to cut away the, uh, what society has put in our hearts. We forgive those people that have hurt us in the past, not knowingly. And we forgive those that have hurt us knowingly. Holy Spirit, I pray that you show each and every one of us how those relationships have kept us from a closer walk with you. Forgive us for holding grudges. We release those 
that we have held grudges against. We set them free in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will allow forgiveness to have its perfect work in me. We surrender to your reality. We step away from what we've known to what's being revealed. We choose to be transformed and not changed. May I begin to understand Christ in me is your hope for your reality to be in this place. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.